Get ready for the Synthesizer Library podcast. Because, let's face it, synthesizers are just cool. All right, Happy New Year, everyone. I am recording this on New Year's Day. It's the first day of 2016. I hope everybody had a great holiday season. Hopefully you got yourself a new synthesizer or a drum machine or something like that. Maybe you've made some New Year's resolutions to really get to learn those synthesizers that you've already got. That's great too. Um, I didn't get anything new just yet, but I've, I've still got my eye on a couple of things and hopefully in a couple of months here, they'll be mine. Um, I don't have any announcements here at the top of the show other than I am getting ready to go to NAM in a couple of weeks. And if there's anything that you want me to check out while I'm there for you, because I know not everybody can make it, um, go ahead and drop me a line at adam at synthlib.com and let me know what you're looking at, what questions you have for the manufacturers, and I'll get over there and make sure that I get an answer for you. Um, Okay, so today's podcast is about something that might not sound quite so exciting. It's oscillator sync. Okay, stay with me for a minute. Maybe you've seen this feature on your synthesizer and don't quite understand what it's for. Maybe you've turned it on thinking, hey, I like things that sync, and then nothing happens, right? You play some notes, the patch you've been working on doesn't really sound different, and you're not quite sure what's going on. We're going to clear that up today and explain how it can be used and how it might not be quite what you think it is, but it's still really powerful and great. So let's get started. Okay, so let's define what oscillator sync is before we get into some examples and see how we can use it. So imagine you have two waveforms, two waves. One maybe is a pure sine tone, just a rising and falling smooth pure, no fundamental sine tone. And the other might be something more complicated. Maybe it's a saw, a sawtooth waveform or a square or something like that. Um, and the frequency of the sine tone is, let's just say 100 hertz, just to be easy. And it's just going along at 100 hertz, just rising and falling. And the other waveform, maybe it is at 110 hertz or something different than 100. Something higher and something different. Um, If you synchronize those two waveforms, we're going to take the sine waveform and make it the master and take the other waveform and make it the slave and synchronize it to the the sine tone. And if you think about it, in the time it takes the sine wave to complete one cycle, the the other waveform has completed one plus a little bit of something else because it's running faster. Um, but if they're synchronized, then that other waveform, the saw waveform, the second one that's the slave, once it completes its full cycle and starts another one, it has to start over again at some point in order to be synchronized with the sine tone. So what happens is you get some of the waveform plus a little bit of something else, and then it starts over again. So it's not the complete waveform that you started with. It, it is within that one cycle, but the cycles are happening so fast that it, 
it really takes on the life of some other shape, um, some more, even more complex shape. So one more time before we get into the examples, um, let's review the requirements in order to have oscillator sync make any difference at all in your sound. So first of all, you have to have two oscillators. One of them becomes the master and one of them is the slave. And the master doesn't have to be a sine wave. If you're going to mix that wave back in with your sound, you might use something more complex. But if, you, if you're not going to mix something, mix that wave back into your sound, you might as well just use a, a sine tone because any other wave is really going to have the same effect. Um, so the first one is the master. And it is usually running at whatever frequency matches the key you're playing on the keyboard. Or you could make it different if you're, or if you're not even using a keyboard interface. It could be anything. But the second oscillator has to be running at something higher than the original waveform, the master. And it also has to be um, something that is not an exact harmonic of the master. So, for example, if, it was, if the master was running at 100 hertz and you tuned the other oscillator to be 200 hertz, you're still not going to hear any difference because within the cycle of the first waveform, the other waveform, the slave, could complete two um, cycles of its waveform, and then it starts over again, and it is really not going to sound any different. It's still in sync with the original, and there's no difference to the waveform. It, it just could, it could be synced, it could be not synced. Either way, it sounds the same. So, if you're synchronizing, if you turn on oscillator sync with between two waveforms, make sure that the second waveform is tuned higher than the master and not an exact multiple of the master. Okay, I've talked way too much about this. It's time for some examples and I think it'll clear it up for you. Here we go. Here we have just a simple sine wave. I'm playing it on my trusty ESQ1 and I'm playing the A above middle C, so 440 just by itself. Now I'm going to add in a saw waveform. Already here the sound starts to get thinner. So just the sine, sine and saw together. And these are tuned at exactly the same frequency. There's no detuning between the two at all. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and turn up the semitone on the saw waveform, the secondary waveform. So here it is just up, what it would, one step, so it would be a minor second on the keyboard. Sounds pretty terrible. So going up the scale, you, you've probably tried this and you end up building almost chords. So here is five, uh, seven semitones, which is a perfect fifth. Sounds pretty interesting. But really, how useful is that when you're building a sound to have something where there's detuned like a full step apart every, everywhere you go on the keyboard? It's going to sound kind of weird. So, um, so then in the mode on the ESQ1, I can turn oscillator sync on or off. So I'm turning it on now, and you you notice that it sounds like one waveform again, not two separate notes, and they're still detuned. So here it is with it off, two separate frequencies. Here's with oscillator sync turned on, 
and comes together as one again. Now, so now let's go over and change the, the tuning of oscillator two. So here it is with um, where they're tuned exactly the same. Sounds like oscillator sync isn't even on, even though it is. I'm gonna go up a minor second, just a uh, single step. Another step. And you hear the sound is um, kind of thinner than it was originally. And each, each step along the way sounds slightly different. It gives it a new harmonic structure. There's six semitones apart. Here's that seven, which would be a perfect fifth, but with the oscillator synced, sounds like a single note. And here's something kind of interesting. If I turn off the original oscillator, the, the, well, I just turn the volume down on the original oscillator, we're just going to get what would be the saw waveform synced with it, but without the original tone of the sign mixed in. So we can really customize the, the shape of our saw wave by synchronizing it with some other master, sometimes called carrier signal. Now here's something that's kind of interesting. Once we get up to a full octave apart from each other, sounds like the original saw just up an octave, not detuned at all. And why would that be happening? Well, we've already mentioned that it, the period of the waveform can complete two complete cycles within the period of the of the master so the wave shape doesn't actually change at all in this situation it's just um, it's synchronized but it's what it would be even if it wasn't synchronized so how would you define or or describe the effect of this oscillator sync between these two waveforms well to me here they are um, on the same frequency, so the oscillator sync doesn't have any effect. And here's just a minor, just one step up. It's thinning out the sound, giving it kind of a different shape, and it almost acts like pulse width modulation on a rectangle or pulse wave, where you vary um, the width of the pulse on that waveform. It kind of has the same audible effect. It's not doing the exact same thing, but it it, to our ear, it kind of sounds similar, so you can almost take a saw waveform and apply what would be pulse width modulation to it and um, kind of create a new sound that is pulse width modulated-like but built on a saw waveform or any other waveform. All right, so let's talk about how this can be used. All right, so here we have just a saw waveform. This is going to be our master. And it is just tuned down an octave on the ESQ-1 and has a filter on it already um, set just a little bit less than half. So we don't have quite the, the brightness that we had before. So let me open it up all the way. There's the filter all open all the way. I'm just going to bring it down to about half. Uh, and so still kind of a boring sound, but less 
less so than what we started out with because of the filter. And uh, has an envelope on the overall sound of, um, yeah, you just hear that just not a, not a wild envelope. It just kind of opens up and then gradually dies off. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to add a, um, another saw, saw wave. This one is semi-toned up four and actually it'll be an octave up plus four. And I'm going to bring that in. So you could play a bass line with just that, just the, the original saw wave. But if I bring in the other saw wave, you hear it gives it some more life and a little bit of a variety to the sound. Now, if I bring in some uh, envelope on the filter, to make it happen um, over time, open up and close up a little bit over time. It gives it even more life. Now here's what that sounds like without the, the second saw wave. And that, that's not a bad bass sound itself. Here's up a little bit higher. You could certainly use that for something, but maybe you're looking for something a little bit different that has a little bit more meat to it. You don't have to bring in the, the synced oscillator as high as the original, but you could. Both of them all the way on. So without, and with, That's the synced oscillator on. Now, one thing you can do is since the the oscillator sync is, a, since we get the variety from having the, the tune of the second oscillator varied from the original, what if we add some LFO to, to change that tuning over time? Well, let's hear what that sounds like. So on the second oscillator, I'm gonna assign an LFO and a fairly slow LFO and bring it up of course you can go kind of crazy and it sounds weird but adding just a touch of it almost gives it a little bit of a chorus so that what that's doing then is changing the pitch of oscillator two over time up and down from the its original pitch which is an octave and four semitones away from oscillator one. But since this oscillator is synced together, um, it sounds like a single pitch, just with a lot more in, um, interest. So just for kicks, let's turn off oscillator sync. So that second, Oscillator sounds really weird without the sync on. So that's what you can use oscillator sync for. It, it, you can use it to fatten up a sound by varying the, the pitch of oscillator two over time, um, which is almost akin to pulse width modulation, like I mentioned. Um, in Fred, 
Fred Welsh's book, The Synthesizer Cookbook, he talks about using oscillator sync to create plucked strings and things like that. Um, and if you go through the method that Fred talks about in the book, it's analyzing the sound that you want to mimic and with uh, a frequency analysis and then building your waveforms so that you have the, the same set of harmonics. And a lot of times with just a plain old saw wave or, or square wave, you have a hard time getting the exact mix of harmonics. And when you start to bring in oscillator sync, you can really customize which harmonics appear in your sound. And then, of course, you can use other things that we've learned, like the filter, to remove the ones that are not in the range. Um, by removing the upper harmonics, you start to get closer to uh, sound that you were looking for. So it's definitely something that takes practice to get to use right. Um, you, you can't vary the oscillator sync as far as like turning it on just a little bit. It's either on or off, but you can vary the amount of difference between the two oscillators that are being synced. And you can vary the amount, the mix of the two oscillators that come in. Um, and every synthesizer, of course, is different how it's implemented. On the ESQ1 that I've been using here, the first oscillator is always the master, and the second one is always the slave. And then the third oscillator is not involved with oscillator sync at all. You could bring in another oscillator, an oscillator three, and it's it's just going to be an additional sound. Um, in the microcorg, I believe it is uh, one of the options. It's the same thing where oscillator one becomes the master and oscillator two is the slave. And it's one of the options on oscillator two. I don't have it in front of me. Um, that you can go in and turn on the oscillator sync. And the, the microcorg, you can turn on ring modulation between the two oscillators and oscillator sync, where on the ESQ1, you can do one or the other. And maybe I should do another uh, episode on ring modulation at some point. Um, it's somewhat similar, but also different from, from oscillator sync. Um, and I won't go into too much of that here, but you, I can see how when they designed the ESQ one, maybe they thought that you wouldn't want both at the same time, or maybe they use the same circuitry inside. So you can't use both at the same time, but in the microcorg, you can use both at the same time and kind of get some crazier results. So look for a synthesizer that's got at least two oscillators. If you want oscillator sync and they have to be able to be detuned from each other. Um, like we mentioned and yeah, it's a, it's a great new thing. Go out and try it. Um, you can probably find it on even some of the free or low-cost software synthesizers just to, to play around with it. And um, you'll notice that in some of the patches that I've uploaded to the website, sometimes I am using Oscillator Sync. And see if you can hear the difference. I think that now that you've, you know what it is and now that we've played some of the examples where the, the oscillators are synced, You'll be able to hear that now when you're listening to to sounds out there and you that you want to mimic. You'll be able to kind of hear that that thin and brittle sound of the of the two oscillators together, and you'll know. Oh, if I want to create that sound, maybe I should try oscillator sync and set the second one to be an octave and two steps away from the original. And I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Hopefully, you've learned something or relearned something that you once knew and forgot. I know for me sometimes. These, these features in the synthesizers that I once understand and then don't use them for a while. I need to a little refresher on them. So go out and 
sync some oscillators and upload your patches to the website and let's see what you got thanks for listening